3D animation is a wild career. You can have animated the Hulkbuster in an Avengers movie and then apply to a small studio doing kids shows who's like, quote, we don't think you're qualified to animate Mr. Snuffles in Grumpy Town Storytime for TV. We're going with stronger candidates, end quote. So let's talk about why this tweet went viral last week. I got 10,300 likes in a span of about 48 hours. Let's jump in. Welcome to this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode. I'm your host, Lucas Ridley. To give you some context, I'm a professional animator working in visual effects, games, and commercials for the last 11 plus years. If you want to begin your animation journey, check out animatorsjourney.com where I have a beginner program you can enroll in, no experience needed. I give you the software Maya to use. I give you the lessons you need to follow, and I give you the mentorship in a community setting. So you have camaraderie with your other students going through the same process and trials and tribulations that you are. And we can all learn together and excel quicker through animatorsjourney.com. I'll see you there, hopefully. I'm here to give you some context to this tweet that went viral, at least for me, you know, which is a relative term for 10,300 likes on one tweet about animation <laughs> to me is very somewhat viral. So why did this tweet go viral and what does it even mean for people who don't have the context and experience working in the industry? For those who work in the industry, they already know why it's funny because you can feel and maybe be very accomplished in what you do. And at the same time, you still have to deal with rejection. Whether that rejection is justified or not justified, that just comes with the territory of being an animator. And most of the jobs I've applied to, I've been rejected from. I think that's probably true for a lot of people because you don't post your losses. You only post your wins. When you get that new job, you replace your bio on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever that you got the new job. You didn't post all the losses and the recruiter ghosting you, you know, that small TV kids show studio saying you're not a strong candidate for their TV show. Those are all the things that you don't hear about. So when you're an aspiring animator, you might think others have only all wins all the time because you're not really behind the scenes realizing there's a lot of losses taking place. And most of those are not in the person's control because all we can do is do our best work and put it out there. And depending on a lot of factors outside of our control, like timing, like the people who are doing the hiring, what mood they're in, who else is, has applied to that job, what the schedule is like, how much time they have to review and interview people, how quickly they need someone, where you are in the stack of when you've applied. The list goes on and on. There's a ton of variables that are totally outside of your control. It doesn't make it hurt any less <laughs> when you get that rejection. So last week I tweeted that tweet basically out of frustration because this happened to me. And it's this isn't the first time it's happened to me. But essentially, I applied to a studio and they say, you know what, you're not a strong candidate. And just to give context, I have a Lego video I made direct to Lego Duplo that has over 86 million views on YouTube right now. And I've created other and directed other Lego short films for Lego that have garnered millions of views. And it's just frustrating that like how does this make someone feel who doesn't have that level of experience what chance do they have if someone like me who has garnered upwards of 100 million views on kids focused lego ip animated short films that i've directed 
and yet I can't get a kind of a mid to senior level, just run of the mill animation job on a kid's TV show is hilarious to me. So I'm poking fun at myself and the circumstance and I don't really blame them. I'm sure they have a, a equally qualified candidate they, they chose from, but it's just so funny having spent the last decade of your life doing something and then to be told that you aren't qualified to do that thing that you've already been doing at a high level for uh, a decade. So it's important to have the greater context that it's not personal and many times a reason that has nothing to do with your abilities is possibly why you were rejected. Now this is nothing new. Even when you're in, in the industry and maybe you're performing well, or even if you're struggling, you can be gaslit. You can be gaslit by your managers, you can be gaslit by your supervisors, you could be gaslit by people who are threatened by you, and you could be told the truth. The difficulty is being able to tell the difference. And what you have to do is ideally be able to work long enough and have enough broad experiences that define your entire career so that when one or two bad managers or supervisors try to gaslight you into thinking you're not good at what you do, you have this whole history of experience to lean on and know that they have maybe an isolated perspective on what you're doing. And that the same is true for this kind of recruitment process. It's much more difficult when you have no experience to lean back and have that perspective and think, okay, I know I'm a strong candidate, despite what they say, because I've been hired many times, maybe I, I, even you have some awards or you've accomplished some other thing. But when you're starting out, it's very difficult to deal with that rejection because you take all of it very personally because you don't have that breadth of experience to lift you up and support you in those times when you're dealing with rejection. One of my favorite stories around rejection is the fact that a short film, an animated short film that won the Oscar for best animated short film was rejected from the New York Children's Film Festival, whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> they didn't want that short film. They said, you're not good enough to be in our film festival for children. That short film went on to win an Oscar for best animated short film. Of course, the next year, that festival begged them to play that short film at their festival. So there are many examples like this through history of people who have consistently been rejected. All these types of anecdotes around people who get rejected, who have gone on to do great things. So also just take those to heart when you're dealing with them in your own rejections. So take solace in the fact that someone like me who's been working for 10 plus years also has to deal with rejection, just like someone who's starting out. And I have the luxury of having had enough work experience to know that not every time that I'm rejected, I need to take it personally or that I'm not a strong animator. Maybe I'm not the best fit for that particular role because of the style or something, which is another argument we can get into here in a second. <laughs> because Let's just go there. I am of the opinion that animation is animation is animation. There are people who take the strong stance and that they want to see, and really the root of this joke from the tweet is that the hiring people want to see you have done exactly what they need. Now, I don't blame them. If you had the choice of 100 people and 10 of them has animated a dancing hippopotamus and that's exactly what you need. It takes all the risk, it takes all the guesswork. You know that person can do that, so of course you're gonna hire that person. Now, does that mean that the 90 other people who applied are all 
terrible animators and they're not worth getting a job anywhere. No, of course not. They just didn't haven't done that specific thing. And a lot of times they can't even tell you what that thing they need is. So it's not like the person hiring you can say, hey, we need a dancing hippo because maybe they're under an NDA. They can't disclose the secret nature of the project. So you don't even know what target you're trying to hit. All you can do is put your best work forward and hope it gets in the neighborhood of what they're looking for. And if it doesn't, you have to keep making more work or maybe that same work is what they want the next time around. You have no idea. There are so many variables. Again, that being another one that goes into play here that depending on the project, which is also part of this joke a little bit, because so there's a question of like skills. Do I have the skills to do this? Yeah. Have I done it exactly this way before a million times over? No, of course not. There's too many things in human existence for me to have animated every single thing. There's not enough time in the day, week, month, my lifetime to animate every single possible circumstance that I could be hired for. And that's why I, I almost think it is a self-selection process. I would prefer to work for places that can imagine you doing the work because we are in a creative space. Ideally, I would like to think there's imagination involved in the hiring process as well, that they can see there's ability there and they can imagine me doing that work. Maybe I haven't done exactly a starfish doing a somersault into a cocktail sauce. Who, who knows what insane possible thing <laughs> that they want to see you have done exactly that thing. So for me, it being on one side of the fence, being the one who's being hired, it's it can be quite frustrating when you go into these situations and I don't even know what target I'm trying to hit. I can just put my best work forward. And I'm sure for the other people, they want, they're frustrated because they want to see exactly the thing that they need because they want to reduce the amount of risk that's on their plate because they're having to manage and deal with so many different things. So we're both stuck in this kind of frustrating situation, possibly. Maybe it's not frustrating, but nine times out of 10, I would say it is. So I want to give this context to people who are just starting out because I don't want you to be hard on yourself thinking that interpreting this rejection as you're a poor animator. Sometimes that is the case. Ideally, they're giving you that feedback, but and you can go back and work on what you need to know. But if it's a, a question of you haven't done this one little specific thing before, that's another question. So when typically when you don't have a ton of experience to show variety, that is even more of a question mark. If you show variety, again, this is, I've hired animators for my own projects for Lego and other freelance projects, but I'm assuming for these same hiring managers, it's all, it's different every time, but essentially that they are trying to reduce their risk. And if you don't even show variety to show that you can hit different beats and notes and styles and genres, then it's going to be even more of a stretch to believe you can do that all of a sudden when you're hired. So I totally get that side of it as well. But nonetheless, it's still frustrating when you need a job and you have to pay the bills or have a visa to stay in the country that you're in. None of that, all that kind of goes away when you're the one getting hired. You're just trying to get the job, secure it, and ideally doing whatever it takes to show you have the skills and the motivation and the wherewithal and the soft skills of talking and being easy to work with that you can give them the confidence to hire you. So that's both sides of the coin from the hiring manager side, supervisor side to the potential candidate side. And again, I'm just one person who's had a finite amount of experiences. Someone could equally say something else that's totally valid against what I'm saying. This is my 
decade of experience speaking. So take it with a grain of salt and totally open to other people's opinions on this who disagree. So let's jump to the comments to this tweet. Again, the tweet reads, 3D animation is a wild career. You can have animated the Hulkbuster in an Avengers movie and apply to a small studio doing kids shows who's quote, we don't think you're qualified to animate Mr. Snuffles in Grumpy Town story time for TV. We're going with stronger candidates, end quote. And some of the comments to this tweet ranged from, it may also be that you might be overqualified for the job. You're too talented. Maybe they think they can't afford you. So they're going to say that you're not a good fit. One of my favorites that I agree with was from Allison Perry, who said, being good doesn't always mean being a good fit. Rejection isn't always a value judgment, which is what I was talking about earlier. I completely agree. At the same time, like I mentioned earlier, I'm of the opinion that animation is animation is animation. If I'm a good animator, I should be able to animate a range of things. That is what we're going to be given through the entirety of our career. We're gonna be animating a talking bear, a talking dog, a starfish who's dancing, octopus who's doing somersaults. We're gonna be doing mocap. We're gonna be doing games. We're gonna be doing commercials. We could be doing all different kinds of stuff. And that versatility is the hallmark, I think, of being a good animator. And so while it's may, maybe to Allison's point, it's I understand her point that it's not a value judgment, I, to a point, I think it's about a skills judgment that they're assuming I can't do or this person can't do or whatever it is, a certain style or genre because that's all they've done for the last five or 10 years and no one could possibly do what they do unless they've also been doing it for five or 10 years. So I think there's a bias at play as well that is totally understandable, but I think needs to be acknowledged for our own sanity that this is one of those many factors I've alluded to that again is out of our control. Here's someone saying another reason for rejection could be that visual effects work is a much slower process, whereas animated TV shows can sometimes require 10 to 12 seconds of animation per day. I think that's also a valid point. I had a CG supervisor in commercials who told me they would never ever hire a feature animator because they're too slow. I've also had manager tell me in visual effects that speed doesn't matter at all. So those kinds of things line up where you have the manager telling you for visual effects that speed doesn't matter. And then in commercials, speed does matter. And they're not hiring someone who came from that camp of speed doesn't matter because the reality is we're all on a schedule. We're on, all on a budget and things need to be done in the time that we're given, ideally. At the same time, I've also worked incredibly fast and done all of those things. But when you're not given the chance of an interview, you can't explain all that. If they don't see the TV animation on your reel, they don't even want to bother with the time of an interview to possibly even learn that, which is also understandable because I'm sure their time is limited, just like we're just discussing right now about speed and efficiency. They so too have to be with their own time in going through applications and taking interviews. I have another response to my tweet that says that is normally code for you're too expensive. I would totally agree if that's what they said, but in this case, they said, you're not a strong candidate. <laughs> then I have someone telling me the leads at small studios like that are often tiny kings. They don't want great talent because it threatens their position. They want okay artists that lack confidence and are easily pushed around. 
It's the same energy as incels that talk trash to women that have 0% chance with them. Okay, this is a quite aggressive response that I just won't even go into because I don't really have that experience. But just want to give you the range of reactions to this viral tweet. Marco Foglia says, I don't doubt that you're talented, but it's just what it is sometimes. People try to make the best decision they can for their projects with the info they have, even if it's a flawed decision. If it's only about money, they usually tend to tell you, end quote, which I agree with. I totally understand that position. The result is the same, you not getting the job, maybe you getting kicked out of the country that now you call home. All of these things that create an emotional response in the person having to deal with the results of those decisions but that doesn't make his point any less valid. It is what it is sometimes. For all of these factors, most of which are out of your control, all you control is the effort you put into your work and ideally what you're showing for it. James the Animator says, it's a strange one because I don't think you automatically get qualified for jobs because of animating Hulkbuster. I would say applying with a reel with shots such as Hulkbuster and so on would mean you have not taken the studio's work into consideration. I would 100% agree with this point as well. But the implication and assumption on his part is that my reel showed Hulkbuster, which it didn't. I showed Lego work, I showed commercials, I showed cartoony stuff, but his point is very well taken that the main thing that you would take away from this podcast is that you need to have a reel that speaks exactly to that studio because there are too many people chasing too many jobs right now that for you to not have specificity in the work you're showing to show that you can sink right in to their style, the show that they have going. And I even was talking to someone about this who got their start 20 years ago at one of the big visual effects studios, and they had a big internship training initiation on an entire project. They would spend weeks to months learning animation basically on the job, and that doesn't exist anymore. And so you don't have that luxury that they had 20 years ago when everyone was starting out and getting their footing and there wasn't that many animators. That's not the case anymore. There's a ton of animators chasing like not enough jobs who are typically don't pay enough either, which is another discussion. But the point being is you want to tailor make your reel to what that studio is doing. I've had the feedback from someone who worked at Pixar to basically delete all of my visual effects animation from Ready Player One, Transformers, Avengers, all these things that I'm really proud that I worked on. They told me delete all of it. Do not show any of that to Pixar, Disney, whoever. They don't want to see that. They don't really care. They don't do that kind of work. So you're kind of wasting their time, your shot at working there and all of the above. So don't even show that stuff. If they want to ask you about that experience or they want to see it, maybe you can get to that point later if you get to an interview or something. But beyond that, you want to tailor make your reel for exactly the place that you're working for, which gets to the point that James made in his response to this tweet. Another person may made the same kind of overqualified is real. You'll get bored eventually after a few months, even though it pays really good. That that there's a lot of assumptions there that I'll get bored and it pays good. <laughs> Both of might not which be true. Lita Eleanor Ito says, one of the best things I've learned in this industry, never take anything personal. Hiring managers can make up any reason to reject a qualified candidate just because they believe someone else fits slightly better. Whether or not you're hired depends on ever-changing circumstances. So I hope this podcast episode gave you more context behind a tweet like this, why it resonated with over 10,000 people who 
took the time to like this tweet because I think maybe it's a joke. And also they recognize that kind of difficulty in job search and the frustration that goes along with that. Naturally, I like to see the both sides of the coin and I can understand why someone is or isn't hired for a variety of factors because I've been dealing with this every year for the last 10 years. So this is not new to me. Every tweet that responds to this isn't something I haven't heard before or thought before. I appreciate everyone getting involved and sharing their perspective and hopefully you learned from it as well. I will see you next week on the Animator's Journey podcast episode. I took last week off because, again, I am a working animator. I'm doing this podcast on the side by myself, so it takes some time to do that, especially I've had a good run of it so far. We had an episode every week for over two months, so if you haven't listened to those, go back and take a listen. I think there's a lot of good nuggets of wisdom in those, not necessarily for me, <laughs> but from the people who I interview in most of the podcast episodes. I try, I'm trying to go between myself and in an interview because it is so hard to pin people down who are willing to get on a podcast and chat about their experience because I think some people are a bit nervous or uncomfortable getting on the record on some things whereas part of me being a cancer survivor I'll just go ahead and say is I lack a filter for better or worse because at the end of the day that experience gave me I think healthy perspective on life and how not to take any of this stuff too seriously and I think that has contributed to me maybe losing part of my filter <laughs> for better or worse. So if nothing else, hopefully that makes this podcast a bit more entertaining that I'm willing to share candidly my opinion on stuff. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you want to start your own animator's journey and be mentored by me, check out animatorsjourney.com where I've created a beginner program that will take you through every step of the way that you need to become a proficient animator. Currently at time of recording, I'm still working on the intermediate course which uh, is pretty much probably only going to be open to the beginner people who, who have gone through the beginner program. Nine times out of 10, the people who ask me about the intermediate program are, they need the beginner program. That's one of the topics that I see over and over again, the fact that people think they're further along than they are. And that's been part of the reason that they're stuck and plateaued where they're at because they never tackled and mastered kind of the fundamentals. Some of the people in the program and the beginner program right now have graduated from other animation schools and unfortunately were not given the skills they need to progress and they were smart enough to see that and go back to the basics and go through the beginner course and it has been incredibly beneficial to them just seeing the change in their animation how they're approaching even just the physics of their shots look so much better after having gone through the beginner program I could go, go on and on and about that, but I don't want to bore you with it. So check out animatorsjourney.com if you're interested, where I also have a webinar you can take where I talk about an hour worth about a career in animation and the steps you need to take to get into it. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.